Welcome to the Ryan Ocean Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Ryan Ocean Podcast, episode number 43 and episode number two of the relaunch. If you found a podcast, you're in the right spot. I did get a new host to host a podcast. That's basically where I upload everything to and what pumps it out to all the platforms. So if you hear it right now, hopefully you got the right one. If you're not sure, all you got to do is go to ryanocean.com and you, you can subscribe through different links for apps on that page. And if the app you use isn't on there, I'm looking on how to add more now. We I do have some questions that I sent in to the uh, IT guys that actually host it now, waiting on to get some answers back. I literally just sent those an hour ago um, when I went to double check and see a few things. So if you, if you if it's not on there, just please be calm and wait, or just go to the app and search it in whatever app that you do use, and it should pop up. You can click subscribe that way too. It's just a little easier. Sometimes you could just go to ryanocean.com and subscribe wherever you want. You can also listen to it straight up on ryanocean.com. You don't need to have an app. You don't need to have anything special to get the podcast. Subscribing will just get you notifications when new episodes come out. If you want to just go to ryanocean.com, you can listen that way as well. I got a new host because it offers me better analytics on what's going on so I can tell how many people listen, uh, how many subscribers I have, so on and so forth. But the biggest thing I care about is just how many people listen to the episode so I can see those numbers and use those to make some changes or to bring in certain guests or to do things of that nature on the business end side of things. That really helps out. So that's why I got a new host, if you were wondering. Quick shout out. Today is Randy DeLiberal's birthday. He turns 40. So I wanted to give a, a happy birthday to one of my good friends, Randy DeLiberal. So you've heard me talk about him in podcasts in the past. It's his birthday. He's 40 today. If you know him personally, don't give him too much shit for that, you know, because he's getting old and nobody likes it when you rub that in. And maybe I'm rubbing it in right now talking about it, but yeah, fuck it. Happy birthday, Randy. Happy big 40th fucking birthday. This week's interview is with Mighty Mike of the band Reclaim the Sky out in California. We came across each other on Twitter. We talk about that a little bit, but we get into a lot of things with the music industry, some questions that I had that he was able to answer, and then, of course, some things about the band he's in, what direction they're going in, what they've done in the past, what they got planned for the future, and everything like that going on. And this interview is like an hour long, so I'm not going to talk forever right now. I want to cut right to that interview, but real quick, like I just mentioned, if you're not subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe and do me a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. I got some really, really cool shit lined up that yeah, I don't want to spill the beans on. You just have to come back to see. Of course, if you're on my social media, you're going to see me talking about things there as well. It's Ryan Ocean on pretty much any sort of social media platform you could think of, mainly Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There's the Facebook page and my regular Facebook. I don't know if my friends are maxed out yet. Send me a friend request if you want. I don't give a shit. But at least follow. Let's get to the interview with Mighty Mike from Reclaim the Sky. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ryan Ocean here with the Ryan Ocean Podcast, and I'm on the line with Mike from Reclaim the Sky. Mike, how is it going? You're all the way out in California. I got to imagine the weather's beautiful, I would think, even though it is February. <laughs> you know, it was actually beautiful, um, 
all week and then today weird we got a little bit of weird overcast and about an hour ago it started raining just briefly it was a hard rain but it was it lasted about five minutes and then it went away that so. sounds that, that that sounds like uh florida sometimes does that it'll be you wake up in the morning and it's perfectly sunny and then around 10 this torrential downpour comes out of nowhere and then lunch goes by and then out all of a sudden it's nice and it's sunny again but the ground's still wet and by two o'clock in the afternoon now it looks like it never rained like nothing ever happened yeah and, and we're not we're so not used to that out here you know i mean like i said for the last week it's been it's been pretty stable and you know it's actually been beautiful i can't complain it's been you know low 70s to, to high 70s all week and then out of nowhere we get this weird funky rain so yeah what part of what part of california are you in um I'm, i live in a city called san dimas california which is you know i guess the the, the easiest way to, to describe it to people is it's a suburb about 25 miles east of downtown los angeles okay so i'm close enough to la if i want to get there i'm close enough to you know the beach i'm actually closer to la to LA than I am to the coast. Mm-hmm. I'm about 45 minutes an hour from the beach, but then I'm only 30 minutes from the mountains for snow. So I can go downtown LA. I can go to to the beach and then, you know, be up in the mountains and all all within about an hour. So that sounds pretty nice. So, so what? The California is fucking huge, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lo- looking at it, what is what is it like? Do you get that a lot when you're traveling around, or if you talk to people and you tell them where you're from in California? I, I assume everybody automatically assumes you're from San Francisco or Los Angeles. Yeah, everybody thinks you know Hollywood or or, or the Bay Area. Sometimes people say like, "Well, San Diego," and mm-hmm. you know we're you know, and it is. I mean, from the the difference from San Diego to San Francisco, you know, it's about a good. Uh, a good you know 10 hours so it is big and and then the people and the weather changes drastically from from norcal to socal i came across you on twitter you've been following me i've been following you for a little while and uh yep re- replying to some stuff back and forth we obviously had agreed on some things uh i obviously off the top of my head i don't re- remember what they are over the last uh however long the time period's been, it, it's been so much, I post so much random stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I like we talked uh, prior to this, I started the podcast back up, and I really thought it'd be interesting to talk to some people in the music industry because it's something that I love. It's uh, well-documented if you look through, whether it's my Facebook or my Instagram. I'm real big with uh, concerts. I love going to concerts. I love live music. I have tickets to Rockville at Daytona International Speedway coming up in May. I, if oh, I, man. If, yeah, if I, could, if I could get to a show, I love to get to a show. Show, especially uh, we get a lot of acts that come through um, right through here in the panhandle that are that are big like that you wouldn't expect playing some smaller shows bands like hell yeah uh, motionless and white they'll come through and they'll play uh, in down in Destin all throughout the the panhandle in these smaller venues and these are bigger bands you know what I mean um, oh man that's amazing and and those are my band I mean those are my bands I've actually seen you know I've never seen motionless and white live mm-hmm. I have seen hell yeah multiple times live hell yeah um, hell yeah is good live motionless and white I've never seen live either when they were here I had to work the next day and just uh-huh. with with the time that it was but they're gonna be playing um they're gonna be playing at Rockville this year so I will get to see oh, them man there. I might have to freak now you said it's in May it's in it's Mother's Day weekend it's a Friday Saturday Sunday oh <laughs> Yeah, that might, I might have to try to get down to Florida for that because that's um, I, I I read you know we had a festival here in California for for years we had um, a Rockstar Mayhem uh-huh. and it went away a couple years ago uh, the last year that they had it I want to say it was two or three years ago Slayer headlined the bill goddamn and um and I had been to every one prior to that and um there's rumors that it's coming back uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Lyman who ran it um the guy he ran it with kind of it's kind of kind of taken on by himself and he's looking for some other outside investors and they're supposed to bring it back nice. which would be great for us because 
with the exception of that, it being, you know, kind of a liberal, kind of a, um, this city, I mean, you know, I, rock music, hard rock and metal to me seems to be a little bit more on the conservative side. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we just, you know, it went away and we've just been, you know, we get the bands here in LA, they come and play in LA and stuff, but it's so hard, you know, when they come to LA, um, the venues are small, so they'll sell out fast. And, you know, before I know it, it's like, Oh shit, I didn't get tickets. And like, like, I'm a big fan of the band Ginger. Dude, I discovered yep. them. Ginger, within... Ginger, Ginger's at Rockville also, and they're badass. Oh my God, they're they're yeah. they're on another level. They're to me. I mean, I I follow music religiously yeah. as we both do, but to me, in the last twelve months, I have not seen a band grow as much as that band has grown. That band went from being an opening band, you know, you know, first second on the on the bill, to now mm-hmm. headlining shows, and they got some big bands now opening for them. So... In in another six months to a year. That band is going to be playing main stages at these festivals. So Gin- I mean, I'm headlining or, or, or co-headlining. Yeah, Ginger is playing Rockville on a set on Saturday that weekend, and then Sunday night they're going to be up here in Pensacola. And I I sent my buddy uh, Curtis. I sent him the uh, the uh, the promotional material for the Pens- uh, for the show up here in Pensacola, not realizing mm-hmm. that it was the same weekend as Rockville. I was like, dude, you got to check this out, and I sent it to him. And it's Ginger, and opening for them is Tooth Grinder and Suicide Silence. And the venue they're playing in holds maybe 200 people at that. About maybe, oh, yeah, maybe 200, 300 people. It's called Vinyl. It's a small venue um, right on the corner of the downtown area, part of Pensacola, where all the bars are. Um, but they'll, wow. they'll, tooth, tooth Grinder and Ginger will be at Rockville the night before. Suicide Silence isn't going to be there. And I'm a big fan of theirs, too. Um, I, they're, they're local guys here. They're local. They're here from a city called Riverside, California, which yeah. is um, not too far from me. In fact, um, my um, my brother, who's the drummer in the band, um, he knows one of the guys. And then my our old guitar player is from the Riverside area. And she, um, we had a girl guitar player previously to the guy we have now, and um, she was a total shredder though. Um, um, she she I think she knew um, I think she knew Mitch Lucker. You know, sadly yeah, passed away. Passed away in my, yeah, in a bike rack. Yeah, I think it was up by the. Uh, he was in Huntington Beach or somewhere on the coast, and mm-hmm. right when that that accident occurred. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, but I, I I've seen Suicide Silence live. I saw them in fact at Not Fest a couple years ago. They played, I want to say they played the opening night, the opening Friday night, I believe. Um, they're they're good, and I want to see them live. The only thing that sucks is I I fell in love with that band watching YouTube concerts that were up. And Mitch was the lead singer still, so I, I'm really, yeah. I'm really weird. When I get into a band and I get and I have this, I don't want to say an emotional attachment or investment in the original, in the band members that are in when I find them, but like I dug his style and his voice. And the new guy, I don't want to say he doesn't do it for me, and I, and I don't even know his name off the top of my head. But I just, yeah. when I go to watch it, I still go to watch videos that Mitch is in. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care about the new ones. My brother feels the same way. He's more of a, like I said, I, I'm a casual fan. I've seen him before. Yeah. I, I don't own any of their music, but but my brother more, was more of a fan of Mitch. And then ever since, um, I think the guy's name is Eddie, the new singer. I think that's his name. He, mm-hmm. he just hasn't been a fan. He, he, he's not hating on him. He's just not a fan. He was a fan of Mitch Lucker big time. Well, so, then there's a, there's another band that is similar, not not music-wise. Well, I guess kind of music-wise. But have you, have you heard of Chelsea Grin? Oh yeah, yeah. My brother's a big Chelsea Grin fan. So as well. I like Chelsea Grin's new singer more than I like their previous singer. Oh okay. <laughs> and 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 it's and it's weird because the 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 old Lee singer and like I said, I I can know a lot about bands, but sometimes names and specifics are what I because you start following so many, you're like it's 
too much. And I and I like sports on top of that. So you're trying to remember like athletes, everything. But Chelsea Grin, <laughs> yeah. the new singer for Chelsea Grin. And then when I say new, I think he came on in 2018. Um, okay. Way better than the old. But the old, when you read everything, he had like he had alcohol addiction problems. There was all this shit going on with him that kind of caused him to have to leave the group. But then the weird part is, and, and maybe you can give me some insight to this. Um, what I find when I'm looking at a band, I'll, t- I'll use Chelsea Grin as a prime example. Um, actually, no, I won't. There's another band called Fire from the Gra- Gods. Have you ever heard of Fire from the Gods? Real big. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're playing that song. I think that song right now, they're, yep. they're spinning that on Sirius XM a yes, lot. Great a song. Lot. So I, and I love Octane on Sirius. That's where I, that's where I first heard them. Um, I've yeah. seen, I've seen them in concert. I, they opened up for uh, Five Finger Death Punch up here a couple months uh-huh. ago. So I'm, I'm looking online and I'm reading. Nobody in that band is an original member of that band. Prior, prior to everyone in that band right now, the original band never even released an album. Then all the band members got replaced over a period of time, and then they came out with their first album. And I, I, I think it's, it's almost like, a, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the vibe that I get, or this is how I understand it. A band will sign to a label, and it's like the label owns that band now the yeah, name uh-huh. and they'll shift guys in and out until they get what they like. And then you can end up with a band that has no one in it that even started or created it. That's very true, man. It's almost like it, people see that movie, the rocker, which I love by the way, with uh, what's his name? Rain Wilson. Uh-huh. And they think that that's, that's just Hollywood. That's actually really happens. You know, they replace him as the drummer because the producer or the, the record company executive had a nephew that was a drummer or something like that. Yeah. It's very, it's very true. It happens. That, absolutely right. That's that's what gets weird with music to me because I, I have I, I tie music to like times in my life. Chelsea Grin, I started listening to them about a year ago, right? I'll, mm-hmm. I started listening to them. There's about a two three month period where that's where I'm always listening to in the gym. Then I come across a new Suicide uh, Silence song. I'll start listening to that for another month. Then I came across yeah. uh, Falling in Reverse as a band that I came across within the last two years. Huge. I and I love their sound. Um, I just start listening to something and I'm listening to it for a few months, few months. Then Slipknot yeah. comes out with a new album, you know. So I'm listening to that. Yeah, and I do the same thing, man. Right, right now I'm real big into uh, Band Parkway Drive. I mean, they've oh, been dude, around a couple love, of years. Love Parkway Drive. And you know what's crazy? I, I you know, I, I love them, and I saw them live. I actually saw them in Riverside. Yeah. Uh, I saw Parkway Drive in Riverside. They were phenomenal. And um, when they came out with that. Uh, the the video for the live version of the Void mm-hmm. from the Vakken Festival, it's like it's like. It was almost like I was listening to the song, the band for the first time, even though yeah. I heard that song a thousand times before and had it on my playlist. But I actually went and downloaded the the live version because that live version just had so much energy, man. When you have you know? when they do when bands when really good bands like that do live music and it's professionally recorded and it comes across and you can tell that they were really playing it and you could tell that they were like really just like thrashing and giving everything. That is yeah. that to me is better than a studio recorded album. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like you could, in you fact, could feel it. Oh yeah. In fact, when I saw that video, I think that very within the, within an hour of seeing that video, you know, multiple times, I just kept playing it over and over and over again. I think I tweeted about it and I tweeted the link to YouTube. And you know, I'm I'm a big you know I'm a big rock and metal guy. I respect music in its purest form. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And this is not to you know not to dis, you know if you like it or if somebody else likes it. I'm, I'm not a fan of like computer generated stuff. And yeah. I'm not a big fan of hip hop or rap because. To me, music should be. If you call yourself a musician, you should be able to play play 
I don't give give a shit if it's a kazoo. You do it and with I, your hands. I posted that multiple times. Yeah. So when I posted that, I, I I put a little caption like, no matter how much you know, like the Grammys. I think at the time the Grammys had just happened, but you know they continued to to pretty much turn a blind eye and ignore an entire segment of music. And you look at the energy in that crowd. I don't know how many thousands of people were at the Bakken Festival, 60,000, 70,000, however mm-hmm. many. And the whole crowd is just in unison. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of person it is. It could be an accountant yep. next to a, next to a girl who, who, who's a babysitter next to a guy who does, does nothing but smoke weed all day. Yep. But they all become like a family and the energy in that crowd. You cannot replicate that with any other genre of music i'm sorry i've yet to see it and i've been around a long time and i've seen a lot of bands and i've seen music change over the years the last few decades why does things like you know i guess establishments like the rock and roll hall of fame or the grammys or billboard or these major you know music conglomerates why do they ignore this segment of the of the population of music i mean i think in the grammys now Hard rock and metal is down to one award, and they call it the best metal performance, which yeah. I don't even understand. What, what does that mean, metal performance? Are you talking about a live performance or performance in the studio, performance on a live concert? Because if you look at the the nominees every year, it's it's there's not there's nothing even live there. It's not like the live version of you know um, Tool, you know, doing you know whatever, you know, forty six and two, you know, Tool did. Here's the live version, so that's the best live performance. I don't even understand what that means, man. Yeah, I, I have no clue. It's but and and it, the the music. I I don't even watch the award shows because of what you like. Oh, how I, you, I refuse to. No, like how you said, a lot of stuff. There's so much in that they they just put would push whatever the mainstream type agenda is for music and for the music industry, and it's what they want people to hear. But when it comes to like metal, even stuff, especially when you start diving into genres like deathcore and stuff like that, you'll you never yeah. you never see those mentioned. And some of those bands fucking kill when they go on a stage and perform. But you, you you're right in what you said. Someone asked me why I like going to uh, the concerts and stuff like that, and I just just like you said. Um, the way I explained it was you can have a lawyer, you can have a trash man, you can have a, a guy in the military like myself, a pro wrestler, you can have mm-hmm. all these different people from all these different backgrounds and all these different ways of life. But you know what? We all love to come together and watch Avatar fucking kill it on stage. Oh, and we're going to jump up and down. And, and when, when someone gets knocked down on their ass, everything looks violent, right? Like everybody's trying to fuck each other up, which is great. There's this adrenaline. But as soon as someone hits the ground, everybody stops, no matter who they are, they stop. They pick the guy up. They make sure he's okay, and then they start going again. It, everybody's yep. watching each other's back. It's not as violent. It's not as crazy as people think it is. There's just this negative stigma because it's like we don't like it. Okay, we're just going to try to outlaw that because they don't like it. it exactly. Speaking of Avatar, that's what I have seen them live as well. Oh, me too. They're Honestly, great. one of the one of the best live bands I've ever seen in my life. They were, and I saw them yep. at the Riverside Municipal Auditorium, which was probably capacity on that's maybe about a thousand twelve hundred it wasn't completely sold out but it was a great show they played with um they played with in this moment and i believe it was um it was either miss may i or memphis mayfire i can't remember Uh which one but phenomenal and i had never seen them before other than hearing them on you know the radio i I didn't even visually know what they looked they're ridiculous they're ridiculous live i mean they know how to put on a show i mean it's someone it's combination carnival with um you know, it's like Slipknot met ICP met, yep. you know, but, but musically they're solid. They're they, uh, the drummer, the guitar players, the way that they play in unison. And, you know, that is 
that is not the easiest music in the world to play. No, they, and they were spot on. They play a really like complex uh, style. And what's interesting with them is I've, I've seen them three times now. And someone asked me to explain them because, you, you know, I'm sure you do the same thing. I find a band. I like it. And it's really weird. I want to tell people about it, and then I want to watch them listen to it. And I want to look and see if I could tell the reaction, and then it's like I almost, mm-hmm. I almost get upset if it's not the reaction I'm expecting, or I'll, I'll start <laughs> yeah. to, I'll start to explain things to them, hoping that what I'm thinking they should be thinking will click in their head. Um, yeah. Av- Avatar was one where you know someone was like, I've never seen Avatar before, and I was like, bro, this band, first off, the music's great, but this band. There's there's a difference between a concert and a performance. These motherfuckers put on a show from beginning to end. All the material that that they say in between the songs, all the songs that they lay out, next one, and you can tell a story. But if you read about Avatar, every album that they come out with is I forget what the official term for this is, and there is one. I just I can't remember what it what it what it's officially called. But mm-hmm. all of their albums, from beginning to end, it goes through a full story through their songs. So they're written to where you're supposed to listen to track one all the way through 10, 12, 13, however many uh, tracks are on the album. And they each tell a story. That's brilliant. You know what would be, would be great? Going back to the, the award shows that me and you both, I guess, have kind of like, you know, I, I've protested them for the longest time. I can't remember the last time I watched any award show. Mm. But imagine just, you know, having a band like Ginger or having a band like Parkway Drive or Avatar be, uh, you know, be invited just to perform, even if it's one of the opening, you know, yeah. opening of the show or something where, I mean, good, good God. I mean, I think it would just open up. Uh, the masses to something you know that we know exists and we know how great it is but it's it's like the power of the media they you know they can push stuff like this mumble rap stuff that's big right now i mean i I caught little bits and pieces of little clips on youtube where people are most of most of the time it's people you know kind of bagging on it and i'm i I watch and i'm like what the hell is the guy what is he this is rap music today where it's just like it's like i don't even understand it i don't understand um is there a creativity? Is there really a skill involved in, in creating this kind of music? I don't know, but I know Avatar, not only, like you said, it's not only the music, are they, are they tight? It's the performance, the way that the guys swing their head and, you know, the way you're, you know, the circles with their head or head, people call it head banging, but it's more, to me, it's more orchestrated. Yeah. It's in sync with the music. And, you know, to do that, if somebody tried to do that for just for 10, 15 seconds, they're falling over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now these out. guys do it. These guys do it, and they're playing. And they <laughs> they're and playing they an instrument. and they do it consistently with certain parts of each song. Like when when like a heavy riff goes in, or the chorus, or they're in like a big bridge or something like that. They're yeah. all doing it all at the same time. Like you could tell they practice. They practice that and all that shit, and they don't skip a beat either while they're playing. Like they don't fuck up. That's the best part. That. And you know what's crazy too is people see these bands, you know, whether they're like a, uh, you know, a Corey Taylor Slipknot or, or the guy uh, from Avatar. What's his name? He, and I know they're Swedish. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head. I've and I've watched countless interviews with him, but I can't. I can't remember. But they they'll go through this performance, and people think that they're just you know because they scream or the way they look, and then they come off stage, and then you catch these guys they're, without makeup on. Yeah, they're and they're, they're some like of the most. They're some, well, not only normal, but they're brilliant. These guys yeah. are smart, educated. These guys know they know music. You could talk to them about bands, you know, from in the '60s, even prior to them being born. But they, they they're students of music. He, they understand music. I watched an interview with the lead singer from Avatar, and he was talking about how because of his job, 
He does not smoke. He does not drink. He does not party. He does not stay up late. His instrument is his vocal cords, which they are. And he yeah. does everything he can to take care of them. And like, it, it's not, it's not like rockers in the eighties and shit that are out doing drugs and snorting blow and fucking whores yeah. and all, doing all this crazy shit. <laughs> it's completely different. Tell me about, so get on you guys with your band. I, so I looked around on Spotify and I actually listened to a couple of songs and I liked them. They were cool. I really dig uh female singer for some reason is just different yeah. to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hate it when it's like an Evanescence type style. Cause I feel like when that band came out, a lot of girls tried to do that. So I don't dig that, but I love like the fucking butcher babies and bands like that, that have the oh, female yeah, yeah, yeah. singer, ginger, all those. So with you guys, I, I dug the sound and it was different. It was the, the, the. The album as a whole sounded different. I want to say, if I remember correctly, it looked like it came out in 2016. That's the only album yeah. I saw. Up. So is that, that's the only one you guys have out at this moment, yeah. correct? At this moment, yeah. We, we have some new stuff written. We actually have a couple of things recorded. We have a, um, we have a, new, uh, a new single. It's a little bit more of a mellow song. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it, that was kind of something where, you know, we kind of wanted to – it's almost not a ballad, but we wanted to kind of um, to do something um, to really kind of show the, the strength of um, – of my vocalist, you know, because mm-hmm. she had been, you know, we've been doing the, 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 the hard rock stuff for a while, but some of the newer stuff that we're writing right now is definitely uh, more on the harder, you know, closer towards metal edge, which is kind of cool. Cause she likes, she likes it all, but she's very, she's very versatile and can kind of do it all. But uh-huh. yeah, that album that we came out with a couple years ago, 2016, you know, it was crazy. Um, in 2016, um, and all through 2017, um, we had a lot of traction and we were doing a lot of big things. Um, we were, we were a six piece band at the time and then, um, you know, um, God, we had played with so many bands. We had opened up for a lot of bands. We got to play this festival in Vegas at the M Resort. Uh, it was called Walk in the Spring. Uh-huh. And the headliners were like Alien Ant Farm, Buck Cherry, um, Sick Puppies played. Nice. Um, who else? Adelita's Way, who's getting a lot of spin on Sirius right now. I think on, on, on either on Octane or... or um, um, yeah, it might be Octane or, or what's the other one? Um, either It would either probably be Octane or you have Liquid. Well, I listen to Octane and Liquid Metal. Those are yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so we, we, like I said, we got a lot of traction. We, we were able to play that show. We met so many cool people. We were uh, my my brother was hanging. I didn't get to because I was actually off doing some, something else. But my brother was hanging with uh, Vinnie Paul. He was there. Fuck, that's um, awesome. Rest in peace. Uh, Chris Adler from Lamb of God was there, uh-huh. and uh, he actually hung with us the whole weekend. It was just the nicest guy, and he really dug our stuff and was really you know just giving his pointers. You know how it is. I mean, yeah. And then um, you know just the greatest guys and you know we had a lot of traction at that point but then you know everybody's life kind of going kind of started going in kind of a funny direction um there was a little bit of you know a little bit of conflict in the band which if you've ever been in a band and you have you know that's just it's just part of the course yeah that, that's actually with... i got in the band i was in because someone got kicked out <laughs> so oh yeah, it all worked out i've been the i've been the new guy but that's been, that was so long ago. So what, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to get too much into what the actual problems were or anything like that. But what 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 was that process like? You know, having to whether it was remove people or ask them to leave and then get new people in. Well, it was tough too because the person that we we lost was our lead singer, and you know, for a band, you know, uh, your lead singers, you know, they're they're the fr- they're the front person, you know, yeah. they're they're the face, you know. Um, so that that was tough, but it was a decision that we kind of we kind of had to make, and we didn't want to. We just kind of felt like we were kind of going, you know, like people's focus focus kind of wasn't there. But we realized 
in hindsight now that I think it was the, it was maybe we needed a break because we had been going hard for three years. I mean, straight recording, playing shows, multiple shows, um, you know, probably every other week, sometimes, you know, three times a month and playing big venues. We didn't, we didn't do the whole pay to play stuff that they do out here in LA. I mean, we were actually approached by different promoters. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got a good spot spot for you guys. You know, um, because because the music industry out here in LA, it's not like it was 23 years ago. You know, out here these poor bands that are out there struggling, you know, they're having to sell 50 tickets to, you know, 50, 60 tickets at 30 bucks a pop just to get on stage. And to me, that's nonsense. It's, yeah, that sucks. The promoters, the promoters out here in Southern California, they're not promoters. They facilitate. They don't know how to promote anything. Uh-huh. I mean. They could they couldn't sell the fountain of youth if you gave they, it to them. They in a buy bottle. they buy a venue and then they they look up to or they rent the venue and then they expect all the bands are going to sell tickets and then if it's anything like the wrestling business they probably treat you like you should be honored to come play at, the, at their show. It's the same situation. You know what's actually crazy? Another thing that I'm not to get too off topic, but another thing I'm into. Uh, uh, pretty much I'm into I'm into the professional boxing yeah and I actually work with some professional fighters just an assistant training and stuff and it's the same situation they make these kids go out and these guys are training you know you know six days a week they're training they're in the ring you know, you know sparring they're, they're getting punched in the face oh but then they got to go out and sell 50 tickets at yeah. 60 bucks a pop you know it's hard enough to train you know so it, it, it's you know professional wrestling which is your forte and, and, and your specialty uh music industry boxing anything where that where you're a talent and you have to like prove yourself and it's not even just about going into the into the ring and taking the bumps that you take mm. you got to go out there and try to you know get people try to, you get know people to come get, get people to come to the show and you're you know you're sla- promoter slash wrestler and you really just kind of want to focus on one thing. And, you know, for a lot of these young bands, because there's some talented bands out there. I thought we were a very talented band. I still think we're a very talented band. But to have to focus on, on you know, getting people to come to the show, we have enough of a following, and a lot of people are itching to see us back on stage. Um, but, you know, for, for a venue or a promoter to come at us and go, well, we want you to sell, you know, 50 tickets. You know, I'm not, we're not going to do it. And we've already been approached by a few people to play some shows. And if it when it's right and when the terms are right we'll 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 do a show cuz we're we're just about ready to 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 do a show and um I know I kind of digressed and kind of went off on a tailspin there but no, it's great I like it but we did no we, so we actually um you know about a year went by um and we had tried out a couple other uh, uh singers we we tried to go the same route with another female lead singer we 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 auditioned a couple and tried out a couple but you know we found this one guy who was actually pretty good and you know we thought things would work out but you know, it, it just didn't kind of work out. And my brother ended up leaving the band who was the original. Uh, he, he formed the band years ago. Mm-hmm. So he kind of lost interest. And he just, man, he just said to me, I'm not really feeling what's what's happening with this, you know. But my whole thing is is I, I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to give up and just, you know, let it fall in, into the abyss. So um, long story short, we kind of regrouped and um, we ended up um, – um, reaching back out to our old lead singer she came and, back um and she came back and we had you know we had to have you know a little, little come to jesus meeting with her and whatnot yeah. and and she was really hurt about how everything transpired but you know deservedly so because we were like a family yeah but and, time, um, time time heals all wounds man especially in oh it, no it does absolutely stuff, man yeah. absolutely and that's why you see i mean you're i mean you you see things i hear things all the time about like uh, Mudvayne is talking about getting back together or, yeah. you know, this band, you know, whatever. But yeah, you're right. Time does heal old wounds. Long story short, we're, we're back with her. Me and my brother are back together. We have her with us. We have uh, a guitar player uh, that we had years ago in another band 
that we were in, my brother and I, called Green Monkey years ago. Mm. And and that band kind of spawned off a couple of little, you know, it, it's, it's like a crazy family tree. A band will start, and then one guy will go here, two guys go here, and then all these little, like, offspring bands will kind of pop up. I don't mean offsprings in, in regards to the band offspring. I just mean, like, little It's like you know, side little projects. Everybody's their, got their little, little side projects going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... So um, it, it feels great having uh, – her name is Juliana. It, it feels great having Juliana back. Uh, she's an amazing singer. She's got a great look. Um, and, and her her personal life now and, and, you know, maturity level is where it needs to be. Uh-huh. Um, we, we were still very serious, but back then we were pushing so hard for success that at times we would kind of, you know – hurt feelings because we, we just had a goal and you know sometimes maybe you have a have a, a normal job and and the, the 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 end game becomes such the task at hand that you kind of forget everything else around you you know you forget maybe who gets left you know who who gets like trampled over on it's this like, side or who gets forgotten on that side you get to a point where you don't really care who you hurt on the way but you're going to get there like the ultimate goal is the trophy at the end of the the at the end of the game and you want to hold it and you don't care what you got to do to yeah. get there yeah, see, you said it so much better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, yeah. I cut, so. I cut promos for a living, brother. No, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it, 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 yeah. it's just interesting to me because it does, that does sound so much. Wrestling can be the same way. You'll get guys that they see, uh, you know, certain promoters or promoters will start backing certain guys. I have no issues with promoters. I'm usually, I don't want to say I'm selective. I do try to work as many events as I can when I'm, when I'm not injured. Um, but fortunately, I've had, the opportunity to where 90% of the promoters I've ever worked with are extremely reasonable. Um, because if you don't want to use a guy, you just don't use them. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, it promoters in wrestling, they actually do promote a lot, but for, to promote a wrestling show, it is, it's just a lot of online. It's not so much like beating the streets anymore and getting out and putting up posters. But if you pay for advertising online, it's amazing with like demographics and selecting certain demographics on certain social media out, uh, outlets will do to pump information out there. So people have it. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you guys played some big festival stuff. I'm super interested in that. I, I'm, I've always wondered what it's like, and, and I'm not trying to downplay your guys' band either. I just want to, I, you know, but you, you, you're not Metallica. You know what I mean? You're yeah, not, you're exactly, not Slipknot. Yeah. What is it like when you're playing an event? And you know, Buck Cherry. I'm not a Buck Cherry fan really at all, but everyone mm-hmm. probably knows who they are. What's it like playing mm-hmm. an event with a band like that? And it doesn't have to be them specifically. I don't, I don't need you to get any heat with any crazy bands or anything yeah. like that. But what's it like being backstage at events like that? Are you guys kind of like pushed to the side? Are you welcome with open arms? Is there a separate catering area for you? Is there any catering area at all? No, for that event, everybody, you know, we, we were part of, you know, we were right there mixing, you know, rubbing elbows with everybody. And uh-huh. um, and it was actually really great. The people um, that put that event on, it was a company called Gangster. And they're, they're like a, they're kind of like a Beats kind of headphone. They were the main, uh-huh. they were the main sponsors of that event. And um they we really were treated great i i didn't get a chance to i think i think i met josh todd just briefly and said hey nice to meet you whatever but i remember the guitar player uh his name is steve uh little filipino guy he's phenomenal guitar player i mean he could do it all he was the nicest guy in the world we were sitting there at the hotel because we know we were all staying at the same hotel at the Emirates resort there and um we were talking to him and then i was talking to um the band um they're called um art of anarchy i'm not sure if you heard of them but Mm -hmm. scott staff was their singer prior to passing away and then um they were like a super group well they got scott stapp became their lead singer from creed uh-huh. so and then uh john moyer the bass player from disturbed and then a couple of other guys they were a phenomenal band they were like a super super 
a group. I remember sitting and talking to Scott Stapp um, at the event, and he was also the nicest guy. I, I, I hear rumors, you know, he's got kind of a kind of like a um, hit or miss reputation mm. in the industry. He was the nicest guy in the world to us, man. He was super cool. He was there with his wife and um, the nicest guy, man. He was just happy to be there and, you know, happy for us, you know, to be playing this festival. So it really was. I mean, everybody was really cool. It's You know what's crazy is when I drive down the street, I'm listening to Sirius, you know, and a band like A&F Arm will come on or, or Buck Cherry or we played with Crazy Town or uh-huh. Adelita's Way or whoever. And then I hear these bands and then, like, there are certain days where – I'll maybe hear three or four of the bands that I've played with all within like a one hour span. And it's like, damn, I play with that band. I play with that band. I play with that band. And here I am just driving on the street, going off to do whatever, you know, Yeah, yeah. you know, you kind of, you're like, damn, you know, is it, is it in the cards for us? You know, we, we, we hope we can still have some measure of success. And I think we are, you know, personally, I think we're successful, but you know, it's getting back out there and getting back on the scene and, and kind of letting people know that we're there again. What the future holds, we don't know. We're we're kind of taking, like I said, a different approach now, whereas we're letting it happen organically. And if it's in the stars and the cosmos to happen, then it'll happen, you know? I've always so. said, I've always said, and I posted something on my Facebook about this probably about a week ago, it's weird what people look at as successful, and especially people from outside. People from outside an industry will sit there. Like, I'll use you guys, for example. Oh, you guys aren't signed to RCA Records. You're not successful. You know what I mean? With wrestling, it's people will be like, oh, you're not in a WWE. You're not successful. But it, you have to not listen to any of those because, in my opinion, success is whatever it is that you make it. So when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. Um, joined, yeah. joined the Air Force, finally got to get my shot opportunity. I went to wrestling school. I did everything that I had to do. I became a pro wrestler. Now I'm a travel. I travel around the southern part of the United States. I've wrestled. Mm-hmm. Over- I've had championships overseas. Now I'm to me a bona fide pro wrestler. I'm successful in my opinion. I don't need yeah. a certain contract. I don't need to play on a certain stage. I am successful because people know me and identify me as what I've always wanted to be. Therefore, in my mind, I'm successful. You, you, it's so hard to measure success, but you have to have it like within you, which you consider successful. And to me, it sounds like it sounds like you're ecstatic about what you're doing. So I assume you feel successful in what you're doing because at least the band's back together, most of the original band's back, and you mm-hmm. guys are recording a new album, which is awesome. Because I would yep. I would imagine and tell me I'm I'm about to ask you what you know what future plans are. I'm imagining if you guys are releasing an album or you're at least recording one getting ready to release it that there has mm-hmm. to be some sort of i don't want to say a tour schedule but there's got to be plans to be on the road in some way to promote that album yeah absolutely we've already uh, we've already just kind of started mapping out where we want to go we want to obviously start here in southern california make our way through like arizona new mexico into texas in el paso uh-huh. um the el paso area um and then you know maybe circle back and you know um you know whether or not we play all those states, we definitely want to play all those states, but whether we play them on the way towards Texas or on the way back, we're not really sure. Uh-huh. But yeah, we're definitely going to, um, you know, put together a little mini tour. I mean, it could be six dates, it could be four, it could be ten. It really just depends financially what we can afford to kind of get out there and do. And who but, who, who does that? Like, do you guys, you know, is it like grassroots, like you're going to be the one calling these venues or hitting these promoters up? Or how does that work? Yeah, well, for the for the for Southern California, we get approached 
pretty regularly. My brother is the main point of contact, so he'll get phone calls like every week. You know, a band, you know, uh, people will remember us or, or, or we've done shows for them before, and they'll go, hey, Reclaim the Sky will fit good here, and then they'll hit us up, you know. We've actually uh-huh. had to turn turn down a couple couple things for personal reasons, and, it, man, I mean, we, we got a, we got offered to play that Hellfest. I think it's in, it's in Mexico City uh-huh. a couple years ago, and we didn't get to play the show. We had some we had some personal commitments that we just could not do it. Oh, and I think in and in, in one of our guys, um, I think one of, at the time one of our guys didn't have a passport at the time, and he needed mm-hmm. to get it real quick. We just logistically couldn't make it happen. Well, one of the bands that ended up went going and playing it, I I don't want to say in our place, but I think the rumor was is that they reached out to another female fronted band, and they were friends of ours, a band that we had played with many times. Well, long story short that kind of that kind of propelled them i mean they're playing some big shows right now they're playing they're opening for in this moment on 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 their tour their upcoming tour with black uh, black veil brides so it's in this yeah. moment black black veil brides and uh, and then the band um they used to be called raven black project now they're just called raven black and they're friends of ours and they're, they're phenomenal um and like i said we play a lot of shows together with them all all here you know downtown la you know the valley area all over but you know yeah we we for, for, for out of state for Arizona and for you know like New Mexico and Texas we'll have to reach out to some venues there I've got a couple in mind and you know I, I've got some contact information and what I do is I'll send them our EPK electronically mm-hmm. you know we have something a, a link that they can just click on and it talks about us it, and then you could sample all of our music and where we've played at and what we've done and then yeah they for the most part they're receptive and they go yeah you guys are an established band you know from Southern California yeah we have a slot on this date and then logistically I just kind of have to put everything together you know you know, I mean, do you, do you got to sit there and try to like work money with them, or is it pretty much you hope you get enough to get there, and you're going to be like slinging merch when you get there, trying to make your well, yeah, we'll be slinging profit. merch, but, but yeah, but some of them do throw, throw a little bit of money at us, you know, throw a little bit of money, and then you know maybe a little bit of a you know money plus um alcohol. plus you know the they'll give us alcohol and food, you know, you know, a couple hundred bucks for you guys see, so we don't have to eat or eat that worry about money to eat that day it's all taken care of you know or or, you know sometimes maybe they'll even give you money for a hotel room for the night you know i think it just depends i think it's funny you know people will see guys on tour and bands on tour and they just assume everything's just taken care of you know like you're not struggling but you guys you guys have and you don't have to tell me this if you don't want sometimes i think it's funny wrestlers will not tell people this they like to think like i tell people openly i'm in the united states air force i do have a day job and i wrestle and i travel as much as i can wrestling Uh, i don't wrestle Mm -hmm. and there's not many shows that happen on Wednesday and Tuesday. I don't know why you wouldn't have a day job to make extra money if you could. But uh, what, do you guys all have day work that you do, obviously, to to pay the bills? Yeah, everybody's everybody's got a job. My lead singer right now, I think she she's just doing a part time job right now. Uh-huh. She's very creative and she's she's doing so. I think she's she's doing like she's teaching art to, to small children. She's nice. very creative, and if she's not you know uh, writing and recording and singing she's painting or drawing or doing something else. She's very creative. And then, um, I actually, I sell, uh, I'm a real estate agent. I sell homes here oh, nice. in Southern California. So, so, it's so that's not, what I do. It's not difficult for you to, um, take time off to go travel if not you need to, because you can kind of not set your own schedule. Exactly. And then, and then one of our guys is, um, one of our guys is a bartender, you know, my brother, he was working like facilities, facilities management, uh-huh. you know, um, big contracts. Like, so, so he would do like a job, you know, he might be on a job for a couple of weeks and then he might have some time off, you know? Well, he, he sounds like the one though, that would have the most difficult. Like if you guys got some like big major gigs, he might be like, bro, I still got like three left weeks left on this. 
on this deal. We got to yeah. wait till this is over. Where, whereas the rest of you have awesome, respectable jobs where you can put yours on hold. A bartender, obviously, that's sweet. He might be able to pick up bartending gigs on the road and then teach an art. You, you know, never, that, you, never know. <laughs> yeah, you, you could teach art. And shit, put that out on Craigslist <laughs> when you're in whatever town. So that's awesome that you guys have. Uh, you're, everyone seems flexible enough. So if the band is set up to where, hey, we have to do this, we have to do that, and it's you know a moment where you have opportunity for success, it seems like you guys should easily, maybe not easily, but feasibly take up those opportunities. And I would assume that you guys are that that's the goal. What what is the what is so what's the goal goal now? Is it to do you want to get a record deal? That's the big thing I don't understand with music. Um, and we just talked about success. You know, I think you guys are successful in your own right. You know, you believe you are, and that's a really mm-hmm. good positive outlook to have. But with within when you're actually doing it, when you're playing, when you have a band, when you guys are doing these practices and and setting up the tours or the the mini tour, whatever it is that you're doing, or the album that's coming out, what in your mind or when you guys sit around and talk is like I don't want to say end goal because you never want it to stop, but what will be the moment do you think when you guys all sit around a table and and lean back and crack open a beer and sit it down and be like fuck we made it? Yeah, you know it's funny if you ask if you ask every member of our of our band they'd probably all say something different. Like uh. one of the one of the band members might say, well, you know when I got you know uh, one of our single guys might go out when I got you know ten chicks outside the outside the tour bus waiting to get in. That that's that's yeah. success to him. Where you know whereas for me it it would probably be um it would probably be just um be able to make a comfortable living yeah. just doing music it, it it's like um it, you know it's like you um as a wrestler you imagine imagine um just perfecting your craft just through through time and repetition yeah and that's all you, know, you have because to do. like i said yeah we practice right now we're we're practicing a couple of days a week there was a time when we were practicing minimum 3 to 4 times a week and and then I hate to use the term burnout, but we, I think we kind of burned ourselves out a little bit because we were just pushing so hard, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so success for me would just be if I could make a living doing it. You know, it's, even if even if we wrote a song where somebody really, really liked it, and um, we had a couple songs that we've written recently, and I thought, man, I said, I can, I can hear somebody else even singing this song, like another artist, you know, like another band, like a, like a, a – Christina from Lacuna Coil singing it. Like uh-huh. if, if somebody like that were to come across one of our songs and go, I love that song. I want to buy that song from you guys and write and record it. And they threw a shit ton of money at us, at us to where we can be like, okay, well now we can go buy our own little small tour bus and now we can tour when we want to tour and, and, and just have fun with it. Um, you know, whereas, you know, in, instead of trying to be the band that's, you know, on a, you know, a, a nationwide tour and a, and a $1 million pre-bowls tour bus and all that yeah. stuff, you know, cause you know, you gotta be realistic. Those, a lot of bands, a lot of talented bands just never get there. It's not for lack of talent. It's just opportunity. for lack of opportunity. Yeah. It's lack of opportunity. Is there is there a lot of that that goes on in terms of, um, you know, writing a song? Or do you hear a lot of situations where people you know write a song and they might record it and have it on their own album, but a bigger band will hear it and be like, you know what, we could sell millions of these, let's buy it from them? Is that a pretty common thing? You know, it, it's 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 common. I think it's more common in like country music. If, if, oh, okay. if you if you ever listen to any like any country artist talk about a song, I think eight out of ten times they're like, "Well, so and so wrote and recorded this song and it's, sent it yeah, to me." It's somebody else. Yeah, I've noticed it's somebody that. Somebody else. And then it's yeah. weird. You'll get a guy that'll start coming out with country albums, and you'll find out that he's been writing this other dude's music for the last five years too. It's oh like... yeah. Well, recently I went to a. Um, uh, this was about I don't know, maybe almost a year ago. I went to, I was in Vegas and I went to see Lady Annabellum because I just think they're phenomenal. Huh. And they brought a guy out, he was a producer, they brought this guy out on stage with them and they did a little like, 
round robin. They were just talking and, and playing a couple songs just acoustically. This guy had written every goddamn song for everybody, for them, <laughs> for I mean all the all the top you know country artists. He he had written. This guy probably had 30, 30 top ten country hits in the last decade. So Jesus. needless to say, this guy is the one that's rolling in dough because that's where the real money's at. They say the real money's in in the uh, in the uh, copyright of the song, yeah, the writer's credit, and yeah. then the and then obviously touring bands today have to tour to make money, yeah, because they're not they're not selling the album like they were. You know, back in the day. No, I, I won't. Know? I won't steal music or whatever. But I do. I get my music through Spotify. I'm a premium paying Spotify member, and that's how I get it. So you know, I, I only that requires me to pay nine ninety nine a month. Whereas when I grew up, you know, I graduated high school in '03. You know, I you used to have to go pay what's it like seventeen bucks or something like that for a CD, and that money, yeah. that, that money's obviously not there anymore. So yeah, you got. I'm be, still a CD guy, man. Still, I'm still a CD guy. I, was, you, I love buying CDs. Can you yeah. still you can still buy them? Can you still get them? You can still buy them. Yeah, I mean they're like you know best. I mean Best Buy doesn't have everything, but there's a place out here called um it's called Rhino Records, and it's one of okay. the ones where you know it's it's been it's been it's been there for 20 years, and they still you know sell CDs, and they get and then now they're big. Every everybody's back back in a vinyl, so, so I, everything I new that comes have... out, people buy it on vinyl. I have one vinyl, and it's Avatar's album, the Hail to the King. Is that? I think mm. that's what it's called. It's that album, and I got the whole band to sign. Or Hail the Apocalypse, right? It's the album that they came out with. With uh, it's their it's their newest album. It's the yeah, yeah, and everything is like King related. Every like oh okay and the, okay. And the guitar player gets and when they play live. The guitar player he gets carried out on a throne. He's the king. Um, oh, <laughs> that I got that album on vinyl, and we, it was at Rockville when I bought it, and we I stood in a line. Actually, no, with the VIP, me and my buddy Curse like swapped this bracelet gimmick to like skip in front of everybody real quick, and <laughs> yeah. I, I had we've done we've done that a couple times. <laughs> the, the the whole band signed it, and I was like, oh, I'm a big fan, and I told them that I used to come out to one of their songs when I wrestled, and they were like, Oh, that's cool. Um, so oh, to me, cool. to me, to me, that was permission to use it at the time. But uh, I don't I don't use it anymore. My gimmick has changed a little bit. But I I just yeah. I want to we're 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 almost out of time here. I wanted to take a minute and thank you for coming on. It's pretty neat getting an insight. I know that the people that listen to my podcast are probably a lot of wrestling related. But I am going to put when this goes up, it's going to be promoted. I'm going to promote it to you know people that are into music, all that kind of stuff. Not you know oh, live great, music, man. performance music, all that. So hopefully more people in that area will listen as well. I want to thank you for giving me the time and really giving an insight. It, it was super interesting um, to to hear about what it's like you know being a performer in the music industry but not someone that's you know a multi-millionaire you're you're a guy yeah that's still like you're beating the street how how old are you if you don't mind me asking yeah i'm in my, I'm in my early 40s <laughs> that's not, but i don't look it though man no so, no you know, no that, and that's not you know i turned 35 this year and i'm still you know i'm still wrestling and vfws and yeah. shit like that that's that's cool and i and i and i feel like you can hear your passion for it and i think everyone that listens to it will be able to hear your passion for it it's, it's awesome and it shows people that it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are if you yeah. have a passion for something and you want to make it number one you're never too old to make it number two you're never too old to have a good time and to be passionate about something and number Number three, it, no matter where you are in life, just fucking kill it. Go do whatever the fuck you want to do and fucking yep. kill it and go out there and do something. Uh, that to me is super motivating on just on that aspect alone. But I wanted to thank you, you know, just giving us all an insight to the music industry. And what I would like, if it's something that you're into, um, you know, after you guys, obviously we, we have chatted back and forth on Twitter here and there and replied to posts yeah. and stuff. That's not mm -hmm. going to discontinue, you know. Um, 
after you guys are done recording the album and the album comes out and maybe you tour or something like that, you do a little mini tour, whatever. I'd love if we could come back on and talk about how that went, the experience of it, the is it, if it is if, if it's successful, if it fails, whatever it does, hopefully successful. If you would uh, come back in the future and discuss that part of it. Absolutely. You know what we might have been able to do? I mean, once we're, once we're ready to release in even even a single on uh, off this album, we might be might even do something where you can just you know you want to play it live on the air for the first time you know to the general public because you know with the exception of our inner circle us and then maybe close friends and family hearing the music as we're going through the writing and recording process and mixing yeah. and mastering i mean we'd we might even be able to do something like that where you know you want to play the, a song and it'd be like the first time somebody the, hears a world song. a world premiere on the ryan ocean podcast there you go <laughs> i would be all i would be all for it hey man i yeah. just like i said i want to say thank you real quick before we go do you have any sort of social media that you want to plug and put out there yeah, well, definitely our Facebook. It's uh, it's just it's just um, you know obviously facebook.com slash uh, reclaim the sky band, and that's all one word reclaim the sky band. Okay. And then um, through there we have links to Instagram and all that other stuff and our our, um, our SoundCloud and all that other stuff. So um, yeah, that's probably the best way to, to follow us. I think I think uh, my brother manages that. I think he might have just recently posted some pictures from a rehearsal, I believe. Okay, so, awesome. you know, awesome, man. that's well, probably the best way. When, and, and when this is up, of course, there's going to be links to all that stuff. And I appreciate yeah. you coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out, out of your uh, – it's the evening now out there, but I would say your bright and sunny California day. But the yeah. California <laughs> evening, I understand you got some plans tonight. We're going to let you go so you can get to those. Um, but I appreciate talking to you, man. Um, love the conversation. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week to the Ryan Ocean Podcast. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate all your, your effort, man, and your, your passion for everything. It really comes through. Hell yeah, man. Thank you.